What's up, wrestling fans, trading card collectors? Welcome to another episode of Wrestling With Cards, the podcast. I'm your host, Zan. You can check me out on all social platforms at Zan Morning. Today we've got part one of my discussion with Joseph Reynolds. Joseph has the Gaming Palooza Empire. What? Video games? Zan, what the heck does wrestling cards and video games, what do they have to do with each other? Well, as I said on a recent YouTube video, which you can go check out on my channel if you haven't already, links in the show notes to my YouTube channel and everything else I'm involved with. Hey, while you're at the channel, please subscribe. It's free. But anyway, on one of those videos closing out 2021, I said I wanted to start bringing on some other guests from outside of the wrestling card bubble. Guests that aren't the same names that we know within the wrestling card space talking about the same cards over and over again with the same subjects. We can't grow the hobby like that. But the guests I'm wanting to bring on more in 2022 can still relate to the hobby, can discuss wrestling, can discuss wrestling cards, and hopefully you can take away something from them. Whether it's the way they operate in the hobby, a way to build a business, or just fun nostalgia. As I said, Joseph runs the Gaming Palooza Empire channel, which you could go check out on YouTube. Hey, subscribe to his channel while you're there. Link in the show notes as well to his channel, or you can just search Gaming Palooza Empire on YouTube. Joseph specializes in playing and going over retro games as well as gaming-related products, such as magazines, but he also shows off some awesome wrestling stuff, such as cards, 8x10s, championship belts, and much more. It's just a great overall channel. Joseph and I even did some collaborations on his channel for a series called Superstars on Cards, focusing on wrestling card sets, which you can go check out on his channel. In part one today, we're going to discuss how Joseph got into wrestling cards, some modern wrestling talk, we talk about how Joseph collects, and he talks about some of his childhood collection that he still actually owns. Before we get into our discussion with Joseph Reynolds from the Gaming Palooza Empire, just a few reminders of how you can help show your support for the show. Please subscribe. It's free. Whatever popular podcast platform you are listening to this on right now, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And while you're at it, tell a friend. Copy the link to the show, send it in a text message or an email to a friend, tell a coworker, tell a wrestling fan. And while you're at it, if you're digging this, leave a review. As I said before, you can check out my YouTube channel, Wrestling With Cards, on YouTube. Please subscribe while you're there. A lot of great video content that you won't find on this podcast. You want some more podcasts, check out Worlds Collide, myself and Tony Vela. We are the two OGs of wrestling card content, getting together to talk all things wrestling cards. You won't want to miss that. Again, it's available on all popular podcast platforms. Just search Worlds Collide Wrestling Card Podcast. And if you would like to show your support monetarily for this show or for my YouTube channel or any other content I'm putting out there, links in the show notes to my eBay store, as well as Patreon, where you can sign up for as little as $1 a month and help be part of the show, get your name in the credits, request show topics, gain access to exclusive video content, and much more. And of course, there are donation links in the show notes in case you want to buy me a coffee, because you know I gotta stay caffeinated to get through these interviews. What's up, wrestling fans? We've got Joseph Reynolds on the show today. Welcome, buddy. How's it going, man? I am doing great. Glad to finally get you on as we've been working a lot together on the Superstars on Card series. We'll get to that in one moment. But for anybody unfamiliar with you or your channel, why don't you give us just a brief introduction and your background? 
All right, so uh, my background, as far as my YouTube channel, is uh, Gaming Blues Empire, so you guys might be more familiar with me making a retro gaming content. Uh, but as of recently, I started making uh, Superstars on Card videos with uh, Zan Morning and the Wrestle Vessel. Now, we've been doing a pretty awesome project showing off retro uh, wrestling cards and all kinds of stuff like that, and it's been really kicking off to a nice start. Um, yeah, I think it's actually turned out quite well. I agree. I've gotten pretty good feedback on it, and you're doing most of the heavy lifting, so I'll give kudos to you on the, the idea. And I said, like I said, we'll talk about that in one minute, but just, I guess, a little bit of a background on your wrestling fandom. How did you get into wrestling in the first place? All right, so as far as my wrestling background goes, wrestling is literally the first thing I watched on TV, according to my mother. So uh, nice. I was born in back in 86. So according to my mother, the first thing that she showed me on TV was uh, World Wrestling Federation back in 86. And um, ever since then, my uh, father always watched wrestling back then. He has a lineage going back a long time ago, watching wrestling all the way to like the Bruno San Martino days. Nice. So um, for me, I even though I was only a year old, my father had a Coliseum video collection. And uh, one of the first memories I have is WrestleMania three, even nice. though I was yep. only a year old. I, I visibly and I still have the tape over there in the closet. Visibly remember like most of the matches from WrestleMania three to Pontiac Silverdome, all that stuff. And I was definitely heavily into wrestling from there on going all the way into the 90s until now, of course, I love AEW right now. So AEW is doing a great job with their uh, products. So real quick, actually, you bring up a good topic. I see your shirt. Uh, a lot of guests I've had on either talk about AEW or they have AEW shirts on. Like, we're, are you, we're seeing a lot of, like, um, fandom coming up behind AEW. Like, what's your thoughts on just the current state of wrestling between AEW, WWE, Indies? Well, as far as AEW and WWE goes, I'm going to be honest with you. WWE is going th through a huge shift in their um, management department, I guess. Like, yeah. a lot of the, they're having a huge shift with uh, a lot of employees coming and going. I don't know exactly what's going on with WWE. I personally, I love WWE still. I watch it every Monday. I have a huge issue with the way they book wrestlers. I have a huge issue with some of their storylines. Um, it's no secret to anyone that they're not as nearly as good as they used to be. Uh, I won't trash WWE, but I think there's so much room, room for improvements in uh, WWE right now that uh, I don't want to say that they're a sinking ship, but if they keep going the way they're going, losing viewership and going down the road that they're going, where they're not giving us a decent product in some cases. It's not going to be looking good for them. It's... On the other side of the grass, you have AEW. AEW has a relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling. Uh, they might be having a relationship with MLW also. Um, NWA. Sure. They're literally a great wrestling company. And they've only been around for like maybe a year. And that's basically what a lot of people want just a mm -hmm. lot of people that are tuning in to this new wrestling promotion and they're delivering a good product they have a long ways to go though so right um wwe is like up here AEW is right here right now AEW is making their way up to the, their level but 
the problem with WWE's WWE's falling down. They're not where they used to be, to be honest, you know. As oh, far as the indies go, you know, the indies is still thriving, in my opinion. I think that AEW actually helps them thrive because a lot of the wrestlers can still go to indie events and stuff like that with no issues. Yeah, and actually, you bring up a really good segue here. Uh, you know, for me, I I like all wrestling, no matter if it's like crappy comedy wrestling or like super realistic, you know, uh, storyline driven wrestling, like old NWA days. I like all that stuff. It's something for everybody. I'm not one of those people who like, you know, oh, I only watch this type of wrestling because I'm a huge deathmatch fan and I like tons of people hate that stuff. But it's interesting because like you're exactly right on WWE. I'm not as big of a fan of the wrestlers and the booking and that sort of thing. But because of their cards and their characters, even though they're not booked very well, I'm still interested in a lot of them. And really, since they're the primary producer with tops of wrestling cards, that keeps me inter- entertained in that aspect. And then you mentioned the indies, and we're seeing a lot of fandom in the indie sets that are limited runs, you know, hard to get a hold of. You can pretty much only get them at shows or if you get them online. So perfect segue, wrapping all this up. How did you get into wrestling cards? Well, wrestling cards, going back probably in the 90s, probably nine, 10 years old. I remember uh, having uh, World Wrestling Federation magazines that actually had the cards inside. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's probably around the time where I started collecting those cards. And of course, I didn't take good care of them. I, sure. Those cards I don't have now, like they just got disposed of and whatnot. But I always had a really high interest in collecting those cards for fun. And uh, I remember my cousin had like the 1990 WrestleMania cards and all that stuff. He didn't have a full set of those, but we always, the few cards that he had of that set, we always loved those cards just the way they looked. Uh, one of the more serious card sets that I got into when I got maybe into my early teens was the uh, 24 karat gold uh, WWF set, which I'm not sure if you've seen those before. Are those the like uh, Danbury Mint ones? Yeah, I actually have... The binder right here, yep. actually. Yeah. Do you can you is are there cards in there? Can you open that up and? Yep. This is not can. a full set. I'm not sure. Yeah, I I wasn't sure if anybody had seen those. Are those the uh, wrestler nameplate underneath them? Yeah. Well, they actually have a, a number underneath, and they have a nameplate right here. Like this is Andre the Giant. I could probably see if I can yep. get a little bit closer and focus the camera so you guys can see it a little bit easier. Sure. Yep. I think people get a good idea off that. So with these cards, uh, back in the late 90s, my uh, mother actually invested in buying these cards for me. Uh, the way this would work is you would actually get one card a month, one or two cards. So you would subscribe to uh, the Danbury Mint, and they will send you one or two cards a month for like maybe 30 or $40. Now, uh, when I was younger, my parents didn't really have a lot of money so that's the reason why the collection had to stop at some point mm-hmm. which uh, eventually i will actually fill that whole binder back up and i'll find i'll track those cards down but that was actually one set that i really loved a lot back in the day i just didn't i don't have the whole set uh, besides i do have like a few of the chromium smackdown sets i used to collect back in the day uh, i don't have the whole set of those but i have like maybe half of them and uh I do have a couple of ice cream card World Wrestling Federation. And some of the later 
WWF ice cream cards mm-hmm. from uh, the ice cream sandwiches yeah. or the bars they used to have. Uh, I have a, actually a John Cena one, but I didn't have like a whole lot of wrestling cards back in the day. I always wanted to collect a lot of them, but now that I am where I am right now. Mm-hmm. I am actually trying to collect a lot of them, just not for the value of them, but for the fun. Sure. I know a lot of people are actually selling them for the value right now. Like they, they're skyrocketing in price right now. So uh, the cards that you just showed off and some of the cards you talked about, those are your original cards from back in the day? Those are the original ones from back in the day. Yeah, that's always such a cool feeling. Um, you know, recently I got my Hogan card from the 87 Tops signed by Hogan that I got back from him. And I've had that card since I was four years old. Out of that's every, amazing. Out of everything that I've had my whole life, that's one of the few things that has, like transcended time so to speak and i've had it forever and you know I'm, I'm sure you can relate that when you you have these cards regardless of value they may be a million dollars they may be negative having those things that you've had when you were growing up it's just a really cool feeling to be able to still have those yeah it's very true uh some of those cards like if you actually hold on to those cards all the way from back in 87 that's pretty awesome yeah, it has a huge crease in it, and but it's the you know it's one of the first wrestling cards I ever remember getting. And speaking of that, you talked about growing up collecting. Did you get any backlash growing up from people around you that were like, you know, you should be collecting baseball or you should be collecting comic books or stuff like that as opposed to wrestling? I got a lot of that. I'm just curious what what happened with you. Well, over in my neck in the woods, uh, back when I was younger, I lived in uh, Connecticut, so I would say that. Most of the people I went to school with were into WWF, World Wrestling Federation. So it was one of those things, like it was a McMahon territory, I would say. Uh, it was highly popular. We really didn't get that reaction over where I was, to be honest. Hmm, interesting. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of people sporting cards or anything like that. It was more like magazines and stuff like that, I would say. But the, uh, the cards were more of a personal thing. Uh, definitely a lot of action figures going around being traded and stuff like that. Uh, but we never actually caught any grief or anything like that from collecting wrestling cards back then, over so where even, I was anyways. Even back then, the wrestling cards uh, for you guys, was it, it was the lowest level of a collectible for wrestling? Yeah, I would say so. So wrestling cards, it was basically a novelty to have, I would say. Uh, it wasn't like one of those things like, you know, certain sports cards you would Definitely keep them sealed in nice, good condition. Uh, back then, when you when you received wrestling cards, like for example, when I had the WWF magazine cards, mm-hmm. they were probably being tossed around over the place, being traded with my cousin with this card, that card. They weren't being well taken care of or anything like that. Uh, those cards were basically just a novelty for really hardcore wrestling fans, or you know, if you were really really into wrestling back then having the cards was was just an extra thing to have right it wasn't something that let's say a rookie michael J- uh, michael jordan carter or something like that it wasn't mm-hmm. valued like that back then it was of course now there's a big difference now like you can see cards on like ebay going for like over a hundred dollars just for one card yeah yeah the wrestling card market uh which i was going to keep collecting regardless but it is nice to see that it kind of exploding here recently, but at the same time, you've got all these big timers that don't want to recognize wrestling as being a legitimate card. You know, it's like you said, 
talking to talking about them as a novelty product and that's what a lot of people and it's not just wrestling there's it it boggles my mind i won't get on too much of a soapbox here but it's interesting that they that like the mainstream views a lot of these um offshoot you know not baseball basketball football they they will view them as novelties but yet there's other novelty products like justin bieber cards that that have drake on it or tennis cards you know fringe cards like that they'll be like oh well this is legitimate cards but wrestling not so much it's, it's interesting oh well, that's very true and uh and personally speaking uh if you look at back at like hulk hogan or the ultimate warrior rick flair i would say they're just as big as michael jordan or any other sports icon from back in the day i agree uh they're just as valuable in my opinion so i think we're seeing a huge shift in value in wrestling cards like there's wrestling cards now that like for example i just recently bought the holographic sting 91 card mm -hmm. yep it's a great card i paid card. over 60 dollars for that card by itself so yep it was nice to actually pay that much for one wrestling card even though it came out of my own pocket but it's it was nice to see the value of that card going up interesting you say that though that like it it's nice you, like it felt good to pay that yeah. and a lot of people are just the opposite they're like oh you know i i don't want to pay these high prices i'm not gonna stop collecting but the fact that you're like excited to pay a higher price I and mean, it's still affordable but a higher price like that's kind of refreshing for me it was it added legitimacy to my uh, 91 wcw collection my impel set mm -hmm. when i bought that card i felt like okay this is the icing on the cake right and uh it felt well worth it paying that much for that one card interesting perspective and speaking of that let's jump into the next question i had which is like what kind of a collector are you currently um are you going after certain wrestlers are you more of a set collector just doing it for fun picking up whatever like where where are you kind of going down the avenues of collecting as far as wrestling cards go uh for me personally i prefer to collect uh raw sets if i can actually just collect the bear cards by themselves in good condition as a complete set I will pay, in most cases, I, I'll definitely pay easily 75 to over $100 for a set if I have to. Mm -hmm. um, the most expensive set that I probably paid for was the 86, well, actually the 85 WWF set. Mm -hmm. uh, that one, I think I probably paid over 300 for that set, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, the, of course, the most valuable cards in that set are the two Hogan cards, but yeah there for a while you couldn't even get one of those for three hundred dollars so get yeah. the whole set for 300 is not terrible yeah, i came across that set recently for uh it was it was a bit on ebay so i got it for like maybe three a little bit over 300 with tax mm -hmm. uh, i felt like it was well worth it the cards are in pretty good shape uh they're not probably not psa grid or anything like that of course just no i don't think they would be like an eight or a nine or a ten or something like that well if you're i mean if you're a raw set collector who cares right that's the thing that's yeah. for me as long as the cards are not bent and there's nothing writing on them or anything like that i, I personally i prefer the raw cards over uh, psa certified cards which uh it is also good to see psa certified wrestling cards though oh yeah that that's, makes that's, me like really happy to see that that's that's where most of the value is there's there's no uh there's no ignoring it that graded cards is what is putting a lot of the value on these because it's just making something that's rare and scarce in wrestling cards in general just because the print runs aren't what sports cards are 
and that's making those even more rare based on the grading. But you know, like you know, if you're personally doing it for fun and you're not doing a lot of sales and you're not you don't have these big cards with goals or anything like that, like who cares? You don't need to grade stuff. Correct. Yeah. So for me personally, I'm doing it for fun. Now, these are basically the cards that I wish I could have collected like a long time ago, but now I am collecting them. And uh, even though they do cost quite a bit more compared to like back in the day, uh, for me, it's worth it. And it's a nice hobby to have. Uh, but understandably, there is a huge increase in value on wrestling cards compared to what they were 10 or 20 years ago. Right. So what do you have a favorite card set or a specific card, uh, whether it's uh, your favorite, uh, maybe like you mentioned, the Sting hologram representing the icing on the cake of a set, something you've had for the longest period of time. Do you have anything like that you can speak on? I don't necessarily have an exact favorite card, but you know that holographic Sting card, uh, that would probably be, hands down, probably my favorite card out of any wrestling card in my opinion. Uh, Sting was a, well, back in the, when I was younger, we didn't have TBS or TNT on our cable system. So we weren't actually able to watch WCW until like maybe Hogan joined the, the promotion. And then eventually our cable systems picked up all the channels required to actually see WCW Saturday night and main event and all that stuff. Uh, by the time that happened, the, the first live wrestling event I went to in 96 was the WCW event. Hmm at the Hartford Civic Center, which is really obscure. Yeah. Because uh, they didn't go to Connecticut that often because it was yeah, McMahon right. territory. That's probably why you couldn't get it on cable. Like Vince probably called all the cable operators in your area and is like, don't you dare co cover WCW. We're not going to have that in this territory. <laughs> Correct. Uh, we actually remember the, the name of the cable company. It was the mentioned cable, which turned into Cox Communication. Oh, yeah. Okay. So... There was no TBS on our cable system. We were actually calling to try to get TBS all the time. Uh, WCW was not on TNT yet. And I remember around 94, 95 is when we first got WCW, like able to watch it. And uh, I loved Sting. He was a great wrestler. Right. And uh, in 96, I went to the Harper Civic Center. I saw they booked the event similar to like an old school World Wrestling Federation pay-per-view. The main event of the of that house show was uh, Ric Flair versus Macho Man Randy Savage. Well, pretty good one. Mixed into the mid card of that show, like right in the middle, you had Sting teaming up with Lex Luger versus Harlem Heat. Nice. I believe it was Harlem Heat or it was here Chris Benoit. There was a there was a huge card on that show, but being able to see Sting wrestle even though it was in the middle of the card, it was like such an awesome thing. And of course, he had Macho Man and Ric Flair as the main event. Bruno San Martino was the referee. Oh, cool. So it was, it was really, really a strange WCW house show, but it was actually pretty awesome. Is uh, that some, I, I, I uh, don't know offhand. Is that something that there was any footage that ever leaked out on it from a fan cam or did WCW have that? I've seen one fan cam footage of the main event. Uh, there's a website called Daily Motion, similar to yeah. YouTube. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the only site I've ever seen exactly one match, which is the main event, the Ric Flair versus Macho Man match, uh, featuring uh, Bruno San Martino in that main event as a ref. Uh, it's not the greatest fan camp footage, but it actually does exist. I actually saw it recently. 
and it brought back like a lot of memories because mm-hmm. uh, it was actually filmed somewhere up in the bleachers and that's exactly where I, where i was sitting at that time oh, that's nice awesome <laughs> so it was like from the same exact perspective of where i was actually looking from man, man there's nothing better than nostalgia stuff like that like it's, it's the ultimate feeling yeah exactly man it's flashback from the past and and another thing about that event was it was June 96 and I believe bash at the beach 96 was probably maybe a month away from that maybe a few weeks uh, there was a huge shift and how WCW was back then like yeah. from uh prior to bash at the beach when Hogan turned heel mm-hmm. compared to like the house show I went to it was like two completely different things yep it, never, turned, it turned real quick they really really quick and I remember actually my birthday's in July, so my mother would order me like probably a wrestling pay-per-view for my birthday most of the time. Uh, that year, it was Bash at the Beach 96 that I got. And I remember being 10 years old, being really, really upset that Hogan turned heel. Yep. Um, he, got, if he, he got you. Yeah. <laughs> I was devastated. It was, it was horrible. Oh, man. Thanks for listening to part one with Joseph Reynolds from the Gaming Palooza Empire. Stay tuned next week for part two of this discussion. Make sure, again, to check the show notes for links to his channel, or you can just search Gaming Palooza Empire on YouTube. Also, while you're looking at the show notes, don't forget to check out the links to everything I'm involved with and all of the ways that you can help continue showing your support for my content. Please subscribe, tell a friend, leave a review, and until next time, keep collecting, keep having fun. We'll see ya.